Star Wars 7x7, episode 3372. Dreams and Madness is the title of the seventh part of the Ahsoka series, and it probably could more accurately have been titled Time, and we'll get into exactly why as we do our seven takeaway breakdown. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, usually we do a plot breakdown as our first takeaway situation and we're going to kind of do that today. <laughs> and it basically has to do with the fact that this episode is entitled Dreams and Madness, but there were very little... <laughs> in the way of dreams or madness in this episode and you could really more accurately call it time basically because this entire episode was about time. For a start, Carson Teva stands up in that hearing slash court-martial meeting and says, what about what's going on on Mandalore? And so we've been talking about the series as potentially taking place somewhere in the middle of season two of The Mandalorian because of the fact that Morgan Elspeth is being transported somewhere as a prisoner and we know that she was taken away at the end of the episode in season two. So it seemed very logical to presume that. But now Carson Teva has positioned us as being after the events of season three of The Mandalorian. So we are further along in the affairs than we necessarily had thought. Second in the whole time thing has to do with how Hera is saved thanks to a bit of backdating, as it were. So the situation where she went to Setos and you know had the mission that was not really approved but was approved re eventually retroactively if you will by Senator Leia Organa so she's been invoked twice now in the series and what a welcome bit of nostalgia it is to have C-3PO show up and Anthony Daniels of course voicing the character as well so what a pleasant little cameo that was. And very funny to have Senator Ziono, who is, of course, Kaz Ziono's dad, Kaz being the hero of the show Star Wars Resistance, talking about 3PO as a mere droid and Chopper nearly losing his business over it. Like, yeah, if Chopper had had his way, I don't think Kaz Ziono would have been born, basically, after a comment like that. For another thing, when we think about Balin's skull and him deciding to ditch the cause so that he can pursue whatever it is that's calling to him on Peridia, well, you know, that is one of the reasons why it doesn't seem like it's dreams and madness because he's the one who described the planet that way. And we're not encountering any of this stuff just yet. And we didn't encounter any of it in the episode. And his only situation was to be slowed down by Ahsoka, who showed up to fight him just long enough to cause a little bit of chaos and then steal his howler. And so he just has to sit there and pout and look very frustrated and have every curse word in the galaxy going through his head clearly before he just decides, all right, I guess I'm just going on foot to wherever I'm going. Then we get to Ezra and Sabine and what for my money is one of the most frustrating things about time in this episode. In particular, the fact that you know Ezra is only talking about being excited about going home again and Sabine isn't saying anything about how, yeah, the only way that they're gonna get to go home is on Thrawn's ship, right? Because as far as she knows at that point, that's the only way off this planet. And instead of bringing this up in conversation or trying to rush and say we should probably get back to Thrawn's ship because the whole thing about 
her being there in the first place is that they came to get him and they want to bring him back to the galaxy far, far away. So you would think that some of this stuff was actually going on in her head and instead she is... <laughs> just saying, oh, it's complicated to Ezra and not talking about it and just going on the little putt-putt ride with all the little hermit crabs. So this is basically making me think that Sabine's motives are not necessarily what we think they are, and that's actually what we're going to talk about in the Deep Dive episode tomorrow. It is also interesting that Ezra does not want the lightsaber and says the force is my ally and then starts throwing people around like crazy so clearly time has you know done him well he has not lost his force powers they haven't faded away they do seem pretty darn strong and at one point he does the thing where he catches Shin Hati's lightsaber and it looks like the lightsaber actually bends like he makes the blade bend around his hand at you know not like all the way wrapping around but you know what I mean and speaking of Shin, there's another time situation where Balin's final words to her are basically, yeah, if you're impatient for victory, then you're guaranteeing yourself defeat. So, yeah, another, yeah, everything about this episode is about time, basically. And then you have Thrawn, and you have those wonderful moments when characters around him are like, why are you doing this? This seems dumb, and his rationale is, oh, it's this, that, and the other. And suddenly he seems like the smartest guy in the room by a country mile. But at the end of the episode, one of the things he says is that they've done you know particular damage to Ahsoka because they've taken away some of the element of time from her. While they've been distracting her and everybody else, they've been able to unload most of the catacombs and they're pretty much ready to go or will be very soon, implying that there's no way Ahsoka Tano is going to be able to get back to them and stop them or hitch a ride for the matter considering that they laid out all those mines around Peridia and all of the space whales decided they wanted no part of that and jumped back out into hyperspace. So now Ahsoka's not going to be able to get back to the galaxy far far away via space whale. The only way back is on Thrawn's ship which is presumably going to dock with that giant hyperspace ring and get taken away. But that does beg a question that will... <laughs> then beg another question. The first question though is if time was such an important ally to Thrawn potentially and he needed Ahsoka to waste as much of it as possible, then why would he bother having the Night Sisters triangulate Ahsoka's whereabouts inside the debris field and then start firing on her when she was just sitting there chilling and not doing anything and by extension, wasting time. So why would they drive her out of there when, if the clock was ticking, then she was wasting time just sitting there? Not to mention the fact that she was unpredictable and dangerous if she was anything like her master, according to Thrawn, and how wonderful that we got <laughs> name check of General Anakin Skywalker out of Thrawn considering that there's the whole thing in Thrawn Alliances that novel where he's well acquainted with both Anakin and Darth Vader but also that wonderful little moment in the opening of the show where we find out that he recorded a couple of dozen of those hollows for Ahsoka for training. That was another really fun and well done use of Aiden Christensen for the series too, and unexpected at that. So yeah, beautifully done, but I digress. So yeah, sure, use the Night Sisters to figure out where she is, but don't drive her out of there, just keep an eye on her. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily move the plot along in a very exciting way so yeah i guess what are you gonna do but the other thing 
<laughs> this raises as a question is if he was able to use, Thrawn was able to use the Night Sisters to find where Ahsoka was, then why couldn't he have done the same thing with where Ezra was in all of this time and then send a whole bunch of folks out to you know kill Ezra at that point? That one there may be a better explanation for, but yeah, he had a lot of time to pursue him, and I'm sure he could have figured out a way to eventually defeat him, especially with the Night Sisters at his, you know, command, basically, because they're saying yes, you know, and oh, I can't even remember what the Night Sisters were calling him, but they were basically completely deferring to him and his authority. Ultimately, though, another episode with a lot of action and a lot of heart, and that has been moving a lot faster than the first couple of episodes were. So all in all, Dreams and Madness was definitely very enjoyable on a lot of fronts, and I'm just having a couple of... <laughs> <laughs> issues with things as you're hearing from me but yeah that's not necessarily dampening my enjoyment per se so that's what i've got for you on our breakdown episode for dreams and madness which is part seven of the ahsoka series and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.